Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the American Pipeline podcast uh, presented by Ben and Jim McKenney Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens and sitting across from me is Sydney Wolf from The Rink Live. Sydney, how are you doing? Doing good. I switched my setup a little bit. I know our producer was a little bit like, where are you? Because I'm in a different, I'm not in a different room, but I'm in a different setup. So if anyone's watching a clip, don't worry, this is new and improved for me. So feels good. I, I got to tell you, it, it is, it, it's really messing with me. I'm, I, needed, I'm, I needed to change my room setup, you know, needed, needed something fresh, something new. So this is what we're doing. Doing I'm, I'm glad, week. but like, you know, we've been doing this show for, for a couple months now and it just, this, this new setup is it's, it's boggling my mind. It's crazy. Hopefully we'll see. We'll, we'll get it. We might get some more variations here before the, the season's over. You never know. You know what? I support your journey. Um, <laughs> all right, let's hop into it. Biggest news in the NCAA obviously was the bean pot. You know, it's the, one of the most, uh, you know, excited and, uh, anticipated events of the, the college hockey season. Um, unfortunately, it did have to end in a shootout. That's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of hand, hand ringing over that. Sorry on, uh, on Twitter. But other than that, Northeastern beats Harvard. Seems like it was a fun time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're of the same opinion as pretty much everyone I saw on Twitter, but there were a lot of people that were very upset about the shootout that had to happen. I don't know. Are you a Are you a shootout fan or or no. not really? I, yeah. No one. No one should be a. Uh, no, no one should be a yeah. fan of the shootout. I feel like they're okay if it's like a game that means absolutely nothing. But, you know, if it's a big game like the Bean Pot, I feel like a lot of people were just like, okay, well, I guess that I guess we have to do it. But I don't exactly. know. a lot of people really disappointed because that's such a big tournament for a lot of people that they get excited about. So it ends in a shootout. A lot of people definitely not excited about that. So Northeastern wins, but it's a shootout. Weird end. People were disappointed, but oh well. Still seemed like it was a really good game for the most part because it was tied for, you know, they went into overtime, shootout, all that stuff. So good game. Uh, Aiden McDonough was the one who scored actually the the lone shootout goal. He's a Vancouver prospect, so he actually had that that game winner there. And then one of the the coolest names, I know we always like to shout out names, but Gunner Wolf Fontaine. Oh, incredible. Awesome. Incredible name. Uh, who we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show uh, for prospects, so we won't touch on him too much. Scored both the Northeastern goals, and then Matt Coronado actually had both Harvard goals, and they're both prospects, both drafted, but love that name. Crazy name. Love it. 10 out of 10. And it looks like, you know, Harvard actually had a lot of shots in that game. They outshot, North, outshot Northeastern for, you know, a good chunk of that. But Devin Levi, you know, really good goaltender. We've talked about him before. Is one of the top goalies in in college hockey. He's just too good, not letting anything past him. So, really good bean pot game. But yeah, people not excited about the uh, shootout result there. Yeah, Devin Levi is just having an absolutely absurd season. Like it, it, he is, he he is on that that level of just like cannot miss uh, goaltender. 
crazy stuff. Um, all right. Speaking of Harvard, obviously, uh, uh, Sean Farrell, Montreal prospect. Uh, he's he's had quite the hot last couple three games. Um, just just tearing it up. Yeah, I mean, just speaking of, you know, obviously we just talked about Harvard in, in the bean pot, but Sean Farrell's been really good. And if you look at some of the players Harvard has, I they just have so many players. I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot this person's on their team, this person's on their team. Like really high-level prospects that I feel like a lot of people have heard of if you know draft picks or top prospects in the NCAA. We already talked about Matt Coronado and now Sean Farrell. He's had a really good year. Nonetheless, he's at, I think, like 42 points in 25 games, so really crazy uh, stats already. But he has two goals and six assists for eight points in the last three games. So he's already had a really good season, but he's had, like, a exceptionally good past few games here. So I think that'll be uh, interesting to see here as we start getting closer and closer to the postseason and to playoffs. Because if your players are getting hot right now, that's that's the best time. You want them to start being electric, right? right towards when you need it. So we'll see if he can keep that up here in the next few. Precisely. All right. The Richter Awards semifinalists are announced. We got some, some pretty, uh, pretty, a pretty lengthy list of guys here. Pretty much all of them are, uh, uh, are NHL people, NHL prospects. Why don't you take us through a couple of them? Yeah. So we touched on this a few weeks ago. Like they had the Richter award list, which was so long and extensive that we did not touch on all of them just on the few that were maybe top contenders. And now I believe it's top. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think it's just top nine. Uh, but Ryan Bischel, who we talked about, I think it was last week or the week before of Notre Dame. Notre Dame hasn't been like the best team this year, but he's been really solid for them. Magnus Krona of Denver is always kind of in that in that conversation. He currently has his rights to San Jose. Justin Close of Minnesota has been helping the Gophers out quite a bit this year when when they need it. And we'll talk about in a in a few minutes here how he might have to step up here in in the next few games. Uh, Jakob Dobish of Ohio State. I feel like I don't hear a ton about Ohio State, um, but he's been really solid for them. Mitch Gibson of Harvard also, like half these guys are, are draft picks and, and prospects. He's been good for, for Harvard. They were just in the bean pot again, talking about Harvard again. Devin Levi, of course, who we just talked about, has to be possibly a, a favorite for this year too. Victor Osman of Maine, I don't know too much about Maine. I haven't really watched them much this season. Uh, Yaniv Peretz of Quinnipiac, I think, is another top contender for this award this year. He's been really good. And then Blake Pietala, not, not the NHL or a different – Blake Pietala, same same name and spelling, but mm -hmm. he's the Michigan Tech goalie uh, this year, and they've actually been uh, had a couple of couple of nice games this year, and he's been really good for them. Yeah, you know, I got to be honest, I did not know that there was a Blake Pietala in uh, the NHL, and it is my job to cover the NHL, so that's maybe a damning indictment on me. Um, but either way, well, just uh, if you type it into you know accounts or mm. any sheets of stats, you look up the name Blake Pietala. And there's two with the exact same spelling. So I had to like do a double take and go, oh, is this player like entered twice? And I was like, no, there's actually two. What so, are the odds? Very weird that it's two of the exact same like spellings and stuff too. I feel like, and it's not like a name, like, I don't know, something normal. That's very just common, like John Smith or something, or I don't know, but yeah, very, very strange. Say, like, what are the odds? It's a very, uh, very unique name. Anyway. Unfortunately for Minnesota Gophers fans, there's some tough news. Brock Faber and Ryan Chesley, two of their top players, uh, they're both injured. It seems like uh, Faber's week to week, while Chesley will be out until the playoffs. It is, uh, this is tough. 
Yeah, so I was talking a little bit about this or heard about this and then read about it from my The Ring Club co colleague, Jess Myers, uh, and he wrote about it a little bit. Uh, Brock Favor, they just said is week to week. They just said with an upper body injury. Um, I've heard a couple of people said they saw Favor after the game and he looked okay. So I'm not sure, you know, if it was something that happened in the game or after and it started bugging him. Not really sure, but it just says week to week as of now. So that's obviously going to be a, a big loss for the Gophers. And then Ryan Chesley as well. They said he's going to be out. I think it's said until March in the story. So I don't know if that just means like the next two weeks or if that means like late March. <laughs> Not really sure. Again, I don't have specifics on the injury, but that's going to be a, a big thing for Minnesota. And then Justin Close is definitely going to have to be solid in goal here because that's two of their top players out now for this weekend. Very cool. Um, I mean, obviously not cool. It's unfortunate that these two great players are, are injured, but we'll have to see. They can pick up the slack uh, around them. All right. Adam Fantilli obviously is incredible. And uh, he also recently seems to have added a physical element uh, to his game or a feisty element to his game. He got a Gordie Howe hat trick over the weekend, which for those of you who don't know, it is a goal and assist and a fight. So the guy's, uh, the guy's throwing some knuckles around here. This is not something that we're used to seeing from the, yeah. pre uh, the presumptive second overall pick. Yeah, very odd to see in NCAA as well to get that. I think I read College Hockey News, I think tweeted, it was the first Gordie Howe hat trick that they've heard of since like 2014. Like it's very rare mm -hmm. in, in college hockey to see that. So he got one uh, the other day. It was pretty wild to see. There's plenty of video of it up on Twitter if anyone wants to like watch the clip. In college, I know some people were kind of upset because they don't really want to see that in college. But I'm sure when he gets to the NHL, that's going to be fun for people to watch if he's, you know, getting in, getting in some scraps, getting in some fights, and also putting up some good points. I'm I'm sure that's going to be a really good selling point for him. But I mean, basically, the video I watched, it looks like he shoved a guy pretty intensely, and then mm. they start obviously talking pushing a little bit and then they both kind of start throwing some punches not really with the gloves off or anything but both the helmets then come off which I think was a big thing that led to the to the DQ and all that stuff so it got broken up fairly quick after that though so I don't know I've read a couple of different opinions on it online so maybe just go watch the video for yourself make your own opinion I've seen everybody some people say it's awful they don't want to see that in college hockey and other people say eh, it wasn't it wasn't that bad so I've seen a little bit of everything from everybody on that, but yeah, that's really rare to to see in college. Absolutely, man. It's you don't, yeah. You, college hockey definitely not known for uh, the fisticuffs. Um, yeah, not for the fights. <laughs> exactly. In other Michigan news, and this is something that you know we were very uh, we've been looking forward to because we talked about him a couple times earlier in the show. Is Frank Nazar um, finally made his season debut after being injured all year? Uh, it was great to see him uh, come back, and he did pretty well. He scored in his second game. Not too shabby. Yeah, really good to have him back for Michigan, especially because when I originally heard that he was injured, I didn't know if he was going to be able to even play this year from like their original report I heard. So at least he's getting in some games here. And I'm sure Michigan's really excited to have him in the lineup now again as we get closer to playoffs in the postseason. That's going to be a big asset for them, uh, especially as they want to have, you know, one of the top draft picks of this last year on their team and in their last month or two of play that's going to be a really big asset for them and he's already had a good start after his uh, first two games absolutely i mean it's great to, like again he was out for the entire entirety of the season up until now it's fantastic to see him come in and make a contribution right away um now one of your favorite uh teams here at least the te a team that you you i believe have listed as 
your team to watch, team of the week. Um, they're slipping a bit. Mary Mac, they were good, and now not so much. Yeah, not so much. I remember, I think it was like our first or second show. They were doing so good. They were getting really high up in the rankings. They were getting really high in the pairwise and stuff like that. They're getting doing really good, getting a lot of wins. And then it's like December 31st happened. And I don't know what happened to this team, but it's like New Year's Eve. They lost by five to Providence, who they previously beat like two or three weeks before that. So that was kind of a weird loss, but Providence is usually pretty good. And then they tied Yale the next week odd because Yale isn't usually the best uh, and then they lost to Brown lost to Providence again beat Providence so again we're back and forth with them lost twice to Northeastern split with Vermont and then lost to New Hampshire and Maine so I don't know what 2023 did to Merrimack but they have <laughs> not had a good start to the year which is kind of sad because I was kind of excited to see them hopefully be in the tournament and now I don't even know if they're going to make the tournament because they've been losing a lot of games and they're 21st in the pairwise. So they wouldn't make it um, on that. So I don't know what happened to them, but the start of the start of the year has not been kind to them at all. Yeah, that is that is tough. They've had quite the fall. They were this they're this plucky team that I remember you were saying, you know, watch out for Merrimack, you know, and uh, just now. turned turned wrong. I don't exactly. I don't know what, or maybe they just put all their effort in the first half. I, I don't know, but yeah, I was excited to watch them. And now I don't, I don't even know if they're going to get through to the tournament here. So I don't know. Interesting. We'll see. We will see. All right. Into some USHL news. Not a ton here, but we got a little bit. Landon Gunner, uh, Gunderson to start off is back with the Madison Capitals after being injured. Great, uh, great addition back to the lineup. Yeah. So he was hurt for, a long time actually and I originally heard I think again a long time ago on one of our first shows that he was thinking about going back and playing high school for a while because he still this would be a senior year so I heard well he got hurt so maybe he's going to go play high school because they knew this was going to be sort of a longer injury for him so I think he was sort of debating I heard some people say yes he's going back to, to high school play senior season and some people say well no no he's not he's going to stay out there so I think it must have just went back and forth because I heard a little bit of everything on this. But he's officially back in, in the USHL now after, I think, being injured since early, early November. It's It's been a while. It's been quite a few weeks here. But he's a Western Michigan commit. And like we said, Madison has traded away essentially all their best players in the recent weeks. So that has not been uh, great. So they haven't had a great year. But hopefully with uh, him back, he'll be able to do some do some good stuff and and help them out a little bit. Very good. All right. Vincent Salas of Omaha commits to Army. Yeah, we just have a couple commits here. I just thought I would quick brush mm. over uh, a few of them, but I think it's Salisi last time I read there. I'm not quite sure. Salisi? Last time I, re oh, I read gosh. their line chart, I'm not really sure. I, I can't. Here we go again. We talk about so many prospects on this show, people. Um, but he committed to Army. Army with a couple of pickups, actually, in, in the recent weeks here. Every, I've seen quite a few here recently, uh, but he's got 12 points in 38 games. He's in his fourth full USHL season, though. That kind of blew my mind looking over his stats. Uh, he's a little bit smaller, five foot six, five foot seven forward, and he turns 20 this month. He was previously committed to Ohio State, so that's why I think he he recently decommitted, recommitted to Army because I assume he wants to get out of juniors and hopefully head to college next year because otherwise he'd be in like his fifth USHL season, and that's just a long long time to play junior hockey. So I assume he's likely planning on going to army in the fall. Yeah, that is, that's a, 
It's a lot. Fourth USHL season is nuts. It's that's crazy. a lot. Um, all right, Samo Meritati Meritati try from Tri City. He commits to Providence. He's from Finland, so I think it's yes. okay if, I'm, if I'm we don't have the Meritati. I, I believe we, that would be. What if we is. don't have the exact accent or pronunciation, that's mm-hmm. probably okay. He's he's from Finland, but he committed to Providence. He's only in his first USHL season, so he's pretty new to it, but. He's a he's uh, turns twenty this spring, so he could play another year of juniors. We'll see. Six three defender though, so he's a he's a bit bigger of a defenseman, and he's got five points in thirty four games. So we'll see if he has a college this uh, fall or if he plays one more season. Still, I'm not quite sure. It'll be very interesting to see how that turns out. And then finally, Minnesota High School leading scorer Tyler Hannon he commits to Augustana. Yeah, this was a uh, big news in Minnesota here in the past week or two, and we wrote about it quite a bit for the Rink Live. But Tyler Hennon, he plays for this really, really small um, like community hockey team or community, and their hockey team's called Kitson County Central. It's way up in, in the corner of Minnesota, and even a lot of Minnesotans might not have even heard of it. But he's the leading scorer in Minnesota right now for high school. He just I need you to out. read out his stats. To Augustana, yeah, it's very crazy. 71 goals. 50 assists and 121 points in 24 games played. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, it's very crazy. Some people argue, well, I don't know if he's that good because he's playing for a super small, small town team and they play a lot of other super small town teams, but that's still uh, a feat to even do that. So I think, you know, even if you're on a team that plays some weaker competition, that's, that's a feat in itself. So props to him for that. But he, uh, uh, yeah, a, Crazy amount of points. Um, state's leading scorer. His older brother Hayden's committed to Augustana, and now he's committed there. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that pans out. But I thought those stats were just absolutely insane. That is that is bonkers. That is absolutely absurd. Like, so, are you kidding me? Oh yeah, my goodness! I think I think he's getting close to the Minnesota. What is it? All time scoring record. I don't know be. if he'd be able to pass it. I'm not sure what the exact number is, but I know he's up there and he's one of like the top because that's so hard to do. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. All right, uh, that's all the news and notes. Let's go into uh, uh, the, the prospect pipeline we got here. So today we're doing that. The Nashville Predators. They have a ton of guys in the American pipeline, uh, starting with. Uh, you know, he's he was a seventh round pick of theirs in 2020. He's also uh, for Leafs fans. He's also a, a, a bit of a legendary figure in, in Toronto because he attended Leafs uh, development camp a couple times. Um, and that name obviously stood out from the roster announcement. It's Gunnar Wolf Fontaine of Northeastern um, five foot eight Rhode Island. But man, it, you know, he's j- just like on, on that name alone. Incredible. Yeah, we already mentioned incredible name. I feel like that's just a name that you're going to become either a famous athlete or famous person somehow with that name. Um, But yeah, he's a little bit smaller for it, but he's been doing pretty good recently, especially for a seventh round pick that can kind of be a gamble for some teams. He's a junior this year and has almost about a point per game. So doing really good. And he's one of those players that I like to see who's kind of just gotten better and has proved his stats year after year. Had 15 points his freshman year, then had 25, and then now he has 26 and counting. So it looks like he's really just kept developing each year of college and just taken a step every year. And he had really nice uh, USHL stats as well. And from what I read on some of the people that have watched him, I haven't watched Northeastern a ton this year, but they said he's you know pretty confident with the puck. He has good puck skills, and he's just generally you know a, a pretty solid player. Very very cool. All right, Ryan Ufko, uh, this this guy or Ufko. 
Uh, our editor-in-chief, Ryan Kennedy, loves this guy. Maybe because he's named Ryan. I'm not sure, but I heard a lot about him <laughs> um, when we were when we were traveling uh, to the World Juniors. And here he is, 5'11", right shot defenseman. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people from World Juniors heard a lot about him because he had a really nice uh, World Juniors showing uh, this past winter. So, yeah, he'll, he'll be a good asset for the Preds here whenever they decide to sign him. But 5'11", uh, right-handed defenseman. He's a sophomore and has 20 points in 25 games, so getting close to a point per game. And he was fairly close last year, too. He had 31 and I think, 37 games. So he is kind of that nice mix of both playing solid defensively but also coming up with quite a few points, you know, a lot of assists and then a couple nice goals as well. So he's kind of what you would want in, in a defenseman who's going to put up some points for you, but also uh, be, a, be a nice asset on, on your blue line as well. Absolutely. All right. We got Cole O'Hara from UMass. Yeah. Trying to go with each team here. So another UMass player, this is a six foot forward. He's from uh, Richmond Hill, Ontario, fourth round pick a couple years ago, back in 2020, he's a freshman. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. He has 17 points in 25 games so far this year, but he actually had a really big USHL season last year. He had 73 points in 58 games. So a, a a lot of point production last year. So he's already having not too shabby of a, of a freshman year. It's already hard to put up, you know, the 17 points that he has. So hopefully this will be a nice prospect who I assume will stay more than just this year in college. I assume he'll, he'll play a couple years of NCAA, but he's had some good progression so far already. And yeah, had some promising junior stats in the past. Wow, incredible, right? We got a pair of Clarkson guys now. We're going to start with Alex Campbell a 5'10 forward from Quebec. Yeah, so this was a third-round pick back in 2019. He has an older brother that plays at Clarkson, too. He's a junior this year, 18 points this season so far. He had 22 last year, so numbers aren't super flashy, but they're generally pretty good. Um, he had 17 his freshman year, so it seems like he was able to adapt at least to the NCAA fairly quickly. He had pretty solid numbers, though, when he played juniors. He played in the USHL and the and the BCHL. I think he had over a, a point per game in, in both of those leagues or close to it. So he's also had some success, you know, before coming to college. It seems like that's what Nashville must like to see. They must like to see those guys who put up really good numbers in juniors and and hope that they're able to uh, adapt once they get to uh, the NCAA. Very cool. All right. Then, we, then the other Clarkson guy, we got Ethan Hader. Yeah, so this is actually a goalie. I feel like we never talk about goalies in the never. NCAA that much because there aren't that many, you know, there's a couple on the Richter list that we talked about, but there's not that many when we talk about uh, prospects on the American Pipeline show. But uh, Hader was a fifth-round pick in 2019, six foot four, so I'm sure that height got him, got him some points with scouts. He's a junior. He's got about a .921 save percentage, or he did his freshman year and then – had just over a 900 the next few years and has 2.64 goals against average for a Clarkson team that hasn't been great. They haven't been awful. They've kind of just been average. So I don't know. We'll kind of see how he plays out as a, as a prospect for the Preds. Absolutely. All right. Then, uh, then we got Isaac Walther from Vermont. This is a, this is a bigger guy. There's a couple of bigger guys on this list, six foot four forward. He's actually from Sweden though. And was a six-round pick a couple years back in 2019 and actually played in Sweden prior to college. So he didn't come and play in, in any of the American junior leagues at all last year. So this seems like a low number. Um, he had eight points in 35 games, which seems low. It doesn't seem that good. 
Um, and then now he has 17 points in 29 games this year. And it, those, those numbers don't seem great, but he actually leads the team in points this year. So those numbers don't seem flashy. They don't seem super interesting. But with 17 points, he actually leads the team. Vermont is not that great this year. So I would just take those numbers with a grain of salt. He's still a good player. Just Vermont has kind of struggled this year and last year. So just because he's not producing a ton of points, I wouldn't really worry about that too much just because it seems like he's still able to produce at the at the top end of his team. And Vermont just hasn't been great. So I still think he's probably a, a, a pretty good prospect. He's just playing for a team that, you know, is is struggling a little bit here this year and last year, too. Absolutely. All right. Then we got Adam Ingram from St. Cloud State. Yeah, so we talk a lot about players that I haven't been able to watch because I'm not able to fly around and just watch mm. college all day every day, although that would be cool. Um, but I am able to watch St. Cloud State a lot because I live very close to there. Um, but Adam Ingram, six foot three, he's a freshman this year and he's still pretty young. I, th I think he's still 19. Um, he's played both wing and center. I believe he played center more in juniors and he's been playing wing a little bit more here. In the NCAA, he was a third-round pick this past year in 2022. I saw before the draft, some people were projecting him to be a, a little bit higher, especially way before the draft when those first scouting reports came out. But his draft stock fell a little bit towards the draft and when it actually happened. But he had over a point per game in the USHL last year, had a really big season there. And he's a freshman this year at St. Cloud State. He has 14 points in 28 games, so he's still kind of adapting to the college collegiate level, but he's still doing pretty good. I mean, he's a tall guy. He has a pretty long reach with his stick. He's had a good stick. I've seen him make nice plays with that. And he definitely has the ability to score some pretty awesome goals. He's had a couple really um, nice ones already at St. Cloud, some pretty good highlight real ones. So I think he'll just need to, you know, adapt a little bit, take this year, freshman year, learn what NCAA hockey is all about. Also, maybe put on a couple of pounds. I know I've heard some of the coaches say that they're trying to help him gain a little bit of weight just because he's he's really tall and lean right now. So obviously, a lot of players in college are told that they need to bulk up a little bit. So I've heard that they're trying to help him do that as well. But I assume he'll be back at St. Cloud next year for a sophomore season and hope he's able to uh, bring his game to the next level. Man, must, must suck to just have to eat like burgers and fries and <laughs> stuff all the time. Oh, the worst. Um, all right, Ben Strinden from North Dakota is our next prospect here. I think this is an interesting prospect as well because I get to watch North Dakota a little bit too since they're in the NCHC. But six foot, uh, again, kind of like Ingram has played both center and wing from Fargo, North Dakota. He's got nine points in 20 games, which again doesn't seem super flashy, but I think he's still going to be an interesting prospect. He was a seventh round pick this last year, so towards the end of the draft. Um, but he had a really solid year, honestly, in, in the USHL last year, almost a point per game. It took him kind of a year to adapt to juniors and the junior hockey level. So I assume it's going to be probably the same for him for the collegiate level, where it might take a year to kind of just absorb what the new level of hockey is like, what you need to do at that level of hockey to be successful. And then the next year really just start succeeding and, and finding more points and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes this year with kind of just average amount of points in the next year, he's really able to to take it to the next level. I've liked what I've seen from him um, when he has played, but yeah, I don't, I don't expect him to be a super flashy prospect this year, but I think by the end of his collegiate career, he could be a, a fun player to watch. Awesome. All right. Then our penultimate player here is Chase McLean of Penn State. 
Yeah, so this is a six foot one forward from Michigan, and he was a seventh round pick. So again, towards the the end of the draft, hasn't produced a ton in the NCAA though. To be honest, junior at Penn State, four points in fifteen games, so not not a ton of point production there. Thirteen points last year, and then had five in his freshman year. Um, yeah, he hasn't just put up very many numbers here, so I assume he will be back at Penn State likely for next year because it just doesn't seem like he likely is you know, ready to take that next uh, jump to the to the higher level yet. And finally, Luke Reed of New Hampshire. Yeah, so last last uh, prospect here on the list, Luke Reed, six foot one, right-handed defenseman. It seems like Nashville uh, likes pretty much a lot of the the taller prospects. I think we started out. I think Gunnar Wolf Fontaine was was the smallest one, and also the first one we talked about, and then the rest of them. There's there's a lot of Six foot plus uh, guys here on this list, but he's six foot one. He's a right-handed defenseman, um, six round pick a few years ago in 2020. From what I've read about him, he seems to be a, a pretty good skater, kind of more of that defensive defenseman. He's probably not going to be putting up a ton of points for the teams that he plays for. Um, he's got three points in 30 games so far, which again, kind of just shows he's likely not going to be a guy that's scoring a ton, which is totally fine if you're more of that defensive type guy. Uh, he's been a, a regular in the lineup, though, his his years at New Hampshire, which shows that the coaches must think that he's a really reliable guy that they can put out there in, in a couple of different situations. He's a junior right now at uh, New Hampshire, and in the past two seasons has had like eight points, I think, in, in both seasons. So again, not necessarily a guy that's going to be putting up a ton of points for you, but could be a nice asset to have just as kind of more of that defensive defenseman that has a lot of game experience and uh, knows what he's doing. Absolutely. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the American Pipeline podcast for this week. I mean, crazy week that uh, that ensued. Obviously, the bean pot was was big. Um, next week, we'll have equally crazy stuff uh, to talk about. Always love doing this with you, Sydney. Cannot wait. Uh, check out Sydney stuff on the rank live as well. And if you'd like to, you know, check out this show or any uh, any past episodes of this show, you can go to hockeynews.com slash podcast. That's where all of our archives are. Um, Sydney, thanks for doing this, and I will see you next week.